0: Vacation starts with VA. Whether you're feeling beachy, mountainy, or every E in between, you'll find all that you love all in one trip to Virginia. Start yours at virginia.org. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw Post Show for January 22nd, 2024. I am your host, JD from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday evenings, wherever you may be. The Royal Rumble is this Saturday, man. I am... Absolutely pumped for the Royal Rumble, man. We're ready to go. We're ready to go. I'm super excited about what we've got so far going into the Rumble. It's going to be a big, big evening. I'm expecting big numbers. I'm expecting the venue to be jam-packed to a point where the venue cannot hold any more people. It's going to be great. Monday Night Raw set up what is going to be a very unpredictable and a very memorable Royal Rumble. I've said it for a few weeks now. The Royal Rumble is my favorite. I've been saying this for for decades. The Royal Rumble is my favorite WWE pay-per-view of the year. But I've been saying this for the last few weeks. WWE has set up the men's, especially the men's, Royal Rumble. To be the most unpredictable in years. And one of the main criticisms of the Royal Rumble every single year is that there isn't enough main roster talent believable enough to win the match to go on to wrestle for the championship at WrestleMania. This year we have several. This year we have several. A lot of them. All of them, I should say, are coming off of the Monday Night Raw brand. There's nobody on SmackDown that's going to win the Royal Rumble. They're all coming out of Monday Night Raw. It's either going to be Cody Rhodes or CM Punk. Gunther is a dark horse. I would not be I would not be opposed to Gunther winning the Royal Rumble. I mean, he's been my pick since the late stages of 2023 before we even got to this point. That was before CM Punk came back to the WWE. Triple H has done a great job at building the Royal Rumble and the intrigue and the unpredictability that goes into it. I'm very excited about what he has in store for us on Saturday night. With that said, two of the biggest names in the entire wrestling world were in the ring tonight, face-to-face, before the Royal Rumble, And coincidentally enough, they are the odds-on favorites to win the entire thing on Saturday night. And that is CM Punk and Cody Rhodes. We don't know which direction WWE is going in. It's either Cody wins the Rumble or Punk wins the Chamber. It's either Punk wins the Rumble or Cody wins the Chamber. They're both going to WrestleMania. Whether you like it or not, Cody... Is going to Wrestlemania. He's wrestling Roman Reigns. He's going to win the undisputed heavyweight championship. And he's going to finish his story. I don't know how many times I have to reiterate this. I will say it till I'm blue in the face. And if they don't do it. Expect an epic rant the next night. That's what needs to be. I don't give a shit. Who you are, what you think about The Rock, and all this other shit. Rock Roman needs to happen at WrestleMania, says the unintelligent eggplant fucking geek on social media. No. No, that's not the WrestleMania main event. The WrestleMania main event includes Cody Rhodes, however you want to swing it. Tonight, further prove that fact. The WWE 2K24 announcement further proved that fact. I mean, Jesus Christ, their tagline this year is finish your story. God forbid The Rock wins the Royal Rumble. Holy shit. Imagine. The Rock may be in it. Who the fuck knows? We don't know. That would be one awful ending to the Royal Rumble. They're stare down, they're face to face, their promo back and forth tonight. Punk and Cody was what are the cool words now? What are the cool things these kids say nowadays, man? These little keywords, cinema. Yeah, it was that. This was cinema played out between two juggernauts in the world of pro wrestling. The first time that they've met face to face since both leaving AEW. A moment in time that I thought we'd never see. Especially on this show. Punk in the WWE facing Cody Rhodes face-to-face. And what a promo they had. We're going to go over exactly what they said. We're going to go over why it was important. And we're going to go over why all the geeks crying online, these unintelligent fucking cretins online... Who clearly have absolutely no fucking clue about anything. All they were like, Oh, well, well why did they mention AEW? What why, why, why did they mention the young Bucks? Why did they mention Tony Khan? I, I'm sorry. Wh- what what did what did CM Punk and Cody Rhodes do in AEW together? Zero. Just like your fucking IQ. Zero. Don't know why that would be pertinent. Don't know why that would be important to what we're telling here going into the Royal Rumble. Now, we don't need that. We don't need it. We shouldn't hear it. And it's not necessary. AEW, whatever happened over there, has no, no, no business being said or being talked about over on WWE television. It's over. Move on. Just move on with your lives. Give me a break. We'll go over why they didn't mention AEW as well. Seth Rollins. This was the big thing outside of the Punk and Cody promo. The one thing that a lot of people were waiting for because hangs in the balance. What hangs in the balance is the night one WrestleMania main event. And a lot of different directions that WWE could obviously go in. Seth Rollins came out and addressed the crowd tonight with tears in his eyes. And I'm like, this is not good, man. This is not going to be a good situation if the man is already crying out there before he even utters a word. I think he was crying because of the overwhelming love that New Orleans showed him, especially after a shitty week. That was the determination that I got out of it. But... With tears in his eyes, he did say that he is not relinquishing the championship. He's not relish, rel, relinquishing the title, if I could actually get it out. Relinquishing the championship. He will roll into WrestleMania as the world's heavyweight champion. Now, the doctors did say that if he opts to get surgery, he will be out three to four months. They dodged a bullet. It could be eight to nine months. Could have been. The injury still sucks, especially at this stage of his career. This injury still sucks, looking at the calendar and where we're going. But Rollins is going to hold on to that championship. And I think he deserves it. If we can have an absentee champion on SmackDown, I don't think Seth Rollins taking four to five weeks off holding the championship is going to matter to anybody. Give me a break. We'll go over what happened there and why Gunther showed up and basically got face-to-face with Rollins vowing to win the Royal Rumble and when he does, he will choose Seth Rollins. Chad Gable wrestled Ivar in what I thought was the best match of the night. Damian Priest went one-on-one with Drew McIntyre and it did not end well for Damian Priest thanks to Mr. R-Truth. And we got A whole bunch of shit to get into, man, including Kevin Patrick, not at the commentary booth anymore. We will go over that story that legitimately broke as soon as we went live. And I'm happy to see it. Not because I want to see anybody get fired, but we need the best people at their positions going into WrestleMania season. Kevin Patrick was not that. So we'll go over that today on the Monday Night Raw post-show, and I want to thank you guys for joining me here on this Monday night. You guys are great, man. It's going to be a busy week. And I'm glad you have found Off The Scripts to help guide you through the boring and very simplistic, unenthusiastic, charismalist content that exists in the community. I don't give a shit who's showing up where. I don't give a shit who's guesting on whose show. I don't give a shit who you watch, man. Saturday night, the venue's gonna be at least 8,000 deep. Love it. I love it, man. Jesse better show up, man. He better be making drinks on Saturday night, man. I don't think he's gonna be able to handle it. Anyway, I appreciate you guys joining me, man. It's gonna be a busy week. We got content lined up all week. We got tonight. We got Tuesday tomorrow with Andrew Baydala. We're going to go over Rumble predictions. We're going to go over everything we we need to basically to get you ready for the Royal Rumble. Wednesday, Jesse and I are live for Dynamite, which is shaping up to be a great show. And Friday night, we'll be live for SmackDown and everything in between, man. We're going to be doing extras. We're going to be live on Twitter doing some predictions, some spaces. It's going to be great. I'm excited. And then Saturday, the main event. The Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble. I will get to the bomb. I will get to it. I see it. Let me get my spiel out of the way first. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Follow me on social media. At JD from NY206. X, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Very important, man. You guys want to keep up to date on what's happening here? Follow me on X. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys go out and check out All the other content on the channel, there's plenty of it. We uploaded a video on Saturday, 35 minutes long, about what the direction for WWE would be if Rollins needs to vacate the championship, which right now we still don't know. Anything can happen. And then today we uploaded an extra in regards to Tony Khan making a major change to AEW television. The ranking system is coming back. To AEW Dynamite and AEW Collision. I'm excited about that. So go check all that stuff out. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. It's up to you guys how long we stay here, man. It's in the palm of your hands. Memberships are open. Get them on in. Go get your merchandise. We got brand new hoodies. Go get yourself a hoodie, man. I saw them. I felt them. They look great. They feel great. Go get yours today. Support the show by getting a beautiful hoodie. Link is down below in the description. And you see the shop right underneath the video player that you may be watching me from. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. We're back with Manscaped this holiday, or I guess it's the holiday season. Man, Valentine's Day is coming up, right? Yeah, man, I mean, Valentine's Day. You're going to need Manscaped for Valentine's Day, man. So, yeah, it is a holiday. It's holiday season. Go get yourself some Manscaped. We'll talk about my my great friends over at Manscaped a little bit later on in the show tonight on OTS. And please hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes. That's one with three zeros, geeks. Hit that thumbs up. The best way to support the show is by hitting the thumbs up right here on OTS. Let's start by going over this Kevin Patrick news, man. I want to get into this before we get into the Monday Night Raw stuff because we don't like Kevin Patrick. We don't. I thought Kevin Patrick did a shit job on Friday Night Smackdown and on Monday Night Raw. But the news broke. This is coming from Bodyslam.net, posted on X at 11.09 p.m. This evening, Kevin Patrick set to be removed from the commentary booth on Friday Night Smackdown. And I love to see it. If my shit would load. Thank you, Bodyslam.net, for your shit servers. Let's see what we got. Are we going to get the fucking report? We're loading up here, man. I guess uh, there we go. Thank you, Bodyslam.net. Really appreciate you. The SmackDown commentary team is set for a change. According to sources, Kevin Patrick is set to be removed from the Friday night SmackDown commentary team. SmackDown is set for a change. Kevin Patrick is out. No replacement named yet. Reason I was given, it wasn't working out. Good. Absolutely fantastic. Patrick made the move from CNN and Apple TV to WWE in 2021, where he became a backstage interviewer and a panel host. He would join the Monday Night Raw commentary team in October of 2022 before moving over to SmackDown late last year, working alongside Michael Cole and Corey Graves. They moved Michael Cole over to Monday Night Raw exclusively With Wade Barrett, that was the commentary team on Friday Night SmackDown. They moved them over there because they are the best commentary team that we got right now in the WWE. And with WWE lining up a TV rights deal, which is going to net them at least 40% increase over what they're getting now for Monday Night Raw, Monday Night Raw will become the A show, the flagship show once again, and they need their flagship commentary team on Monday night. I mean, that is as academic as it comes. Kevin Patrick just wasn't working out, man. I have nothing against the guy. Absolutely nothing against who he is. I don't know who he is. Sure, he's a fine guy. But as a commentary uh, voice, no. He's not it. I don't know how many times I got to tell you, man. You know, when you watch shows like this, a commentary team is the most important aspect one of the most important aspects I don't want to say it's the most important but it's one of the most important aspects of the show because they are the voices that you hear throughout the entire show and his voice doesn't work it just wasn't working out it wasn't you know I I have nothing against his accent I love where he's from I've been there I spent a week there it was fucking beautiful I can't wait to go back but his accent just doesn't fit the bill for what we need here He's not a good storyteller. He's not a good pro wrestling match caller. He doesn't call moves. He doesn't name the moves what they are. He relies on Corey Graves too much. Corey Graves finds himself correcting him almost weekly, time and time and time again. And it's just that. WWE has had a problem finding a true voice that will eventually replace... Michael Cole, who's not going to be able to do this forever. And Michael Cole has only gotten better with age. I mean, he's better now than he ever was in his entire career, Michael Cole. I hated Michael Cole. But I can't stand to listen to anybody but Michael Cole on this show. And Michael Cole under Triple H has just been fun. Michael Cole working alongside Pat McAfee was fucking great. He had a blast. He actually became a human being. Him working alongside Corey Graves is fucking phenomenal. Him working alongside Wade Barrett is great. Michael Cole is a GOAT. Is he the greatest of all time? No, not in my opinion. The greatest of all time is Jim Ross. My favorite commentary team of all time is Bobby the Brain Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon. Nobody will touch what they did ever. But the greatest play-by-play man of my generation is Jim Ross. Now, I could sit here and tell you you know, Moro Ronaldo's the guy. I can't sit here and tell you that. That's who I would pick. I mean, I'd fucking call Moro up tomorrow and ask him what he wants to do. Hey, man, you want to come back? Blank check waiting for you in Stanford. Can you make the flight? I don't know what's going on with Moro. I know he does boxing, I know he's got his own thing going on. He is someone that struggles with mental health. Haven't heard anything about Moro. I mean, he's been off social media. We don't even know if Moro is uh, is doing much of anything nowadays outside the boxing. But he's off social media because it's fucking a toxic cesspool. I don't blame him. Who knows how much of that went into his mental well being? A lot of what happened in WWE when he was there did not help his mental well being. Vince, Bruce, everybody that looked down on him because he was a Triple H hire, JBL. All these people bullying him. For what reason, I I still don't know to this day. I mean, they should be fucking ashamed of themselves. But it's not the same WWE anymore. Vince is not there. Bruce has zero power. Kevin Dunn is gone. It's not the same WWE anymore. I know Morrow's not everybody's cup of tea. Believe me. But when Moro called a wrestling match and when Moro got involved with calling WWE, there was nobody at his level when he did it. Half of the reason why TakeOver was the best wrestling show on the planet every quarter was because of Moro. The reason why NXT was leagues better than any pro wrestling show in the world was because of Moro. He's a master storyteller. He's a student of the game. He calls it like he sees it. He's as knowledgeable as they come. He's a fucking human encyclopedia. That's who I want to model myself after. Morrow. WWE's had a very difficult time of finding the next voice. Who's the next voice? They had the next voice. Tom Hannafin. Tom Phillips. Who now does TNA. He was their next voice. He got in trouble. He got into some hot water. And he fucked his career up in WWE. But what him and TNA have done have been great. He's the voice of that company. That voice is something that I could have gotten used to on WWE television. He was the guy. What WWE more than likely will do is now call up Vic Joseph from NXT And we have to kind of reel Vic Joseph in because sometimes he gets a little bit too eccentric out there on commentary, and he pretends like he's being stabbed in the back by Jason Voorhees a couple of times a match. Oh! Oh! Like, bro, what are you doing, man? You being stabbed? You jerking off behind the desk? What the fuck are you doing? Ridiculous. I don't want to hear that on Monday night or Friday night now. But they'll probably call up Vic Joseph. Don't know who they slide into the NXT realm. Don't really care. I don't really watch NXT much anymore. I'll tune in when I have a free moment. But they'll probably call up Vic Joseph is my guess. Who knows? Maybe come Friday, we'll see Moro with his glasses sitting at the desk. Mamma mia! I wish. Tom Phillips will serve as a great panel host and a great backstage interviewer. Commentary was not for him. Let's get into the show. I know you like my Vic Joseph. I know. First of all, I, I got I to shout this guy out, man. Before I forget, I forgot twice now. I apologize. <laughs> Round everybody. Mr. Unknown with a 99-99 Super Chat. J.D., I know you have a stacked show tonight to talk about, but I wanted to know how you would book Okada coming into WWE. I don't want to get my hopes up, but the more I think about it, Okada seems more likely by the day to debut at the Royal Rumble. Did you hear Pierce say not to cause chaos? Yeah, I don't uh, I don't really know uh what's going on with Okada. As far as I know, Okada cannot get any clearance to do anything unless New Japan gives him the yes to do so. He is booked for several dates with New Japan going into February, at least through the middle of February. And I think he's like a never-open-weight six-man tag team champion over there, so they got to drop those titles, or he has to drop those titles. But I don't think Okada's going to be in the Royal Rumble. If Okada was going to come in, he'd come in at WrestleMania season. Or AJ, uh, in my honest opinion, uh, what I would do with him, I'm jumping the gun here, I think a WrestleMania match that I think would be worthy of WrestleMania Uh, Right out of the gate for uh, Okada would be Okada versus AJ Styles in a dream match at WrestleMania. You know, WrestleMania is going to have a little bit of everything. It's going to have a a ton of great wrestling. If you want your, uh, you know, uh, Mark really going out there, cage match, Markish match, you know, the one that's going to generate the fucking buzz, you know, for the pro wrestling enthusiasts out there. I think that's something that you could maybe go out there and and explore and do. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, I did say when we talked about this that Okada coming into WWE is something that low-key I want to see happen. Because this this isn't the Vince McMahon administration anymore. It's not. This is Triple H running the show now. So I'm very curious to see how Triple H would handle somebody like Okada, who's 36 years old, who's still in the prime of his career— who's a major, major, major name, a legacy behind what he's done, one of the greatest pro wrestlers ever, probably the greatest Japanese professional wrestler that ever lived, I I would be very interested to see what Triple H would do with him if he had Okada on the roster. He's not going to be on every show. He's not going to be cutting promos on Raw or SmackDown. He's going to be more like a Brock Lesnar type. But Tony Khan is not going to let that one slip through his fingers. He's not. He's not going to allow Okada to go to WWE without putting up a fucking huge fight. But WWE is in the market, and I'd love to see that. You know, Okada is going to go to AEW based out of familiarity. A lot of that has to do with familiarity. A lot of those people are his friends. A lot of those people he's worked with before. A lot of those situations that would occur in AEW are home to him. That is basically a home base for him, just like New Japan is. Tony Khan's going to allow him to go live in Japan, wrestle in Japan when he wants, and nothing really is going to change outside of when Tony Khan picks up the phone and says, hey, man, I need you. But what has Okada done that he hasn't done already with that roster? He's wrestled everybody. To me, the idea of Okada against a Randy Orton, Okada versus a Finn Balor, Okada versus Drew McIntyre, Okada versus Punk... Okada versus Rollins, Okada versus Lesnar. I mean, that's the shit that's gonna fucking make me get goosebumps. That's the type of shit I wanna see. I wanna see what Triple H does with Okada. Will he have the same theme music? Will Triple H honor the legacy and who Okada is? I mean, it's just it's just something that I I genuinely am, am curious about. I don't know. I don't know. But the safe bet is him going to AEW. Where's he going? Where the fuck is he going? You know, Tony's going to pay him. Tony's going to get his theme. Tony's going to give him whatever the fuck he wants. Tony's going to allow him to live in Japan. He's not going to have to uproot his life. I mean, what is Triple H going to give Okada that Tony Khan can't? One thing. A WrestleMania main event. Everybody wants a WrestleMania main event or a WrestleMania moment. Tony's got something that's similar to that, but not quite with all in. It's going to be a very interesting free agency season. Tony is very confident that he's landed two of the greatest pro wrestlers in the history of the business Mercedes Monet and Kazuchka Okada. So we'll see what happens. Can you imagine an AEW roster with Okada, Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega, Jay White, Will Ospreay? I mean, MJF, Adam Cole. I mean, holy fucking shit, man. You talk about action figures in Tony Khan's toy chest. It's just unbelievable. Seth Rollins. This was the reason why everybody watched tonight's show. The world championship is hanging in the balance tonight. What is happening is he walking into Mania as the champion or is or is he relinquishing the title? Will the title be on the line in the Royal Rumble? Will the title be on the line at the Elimination Chamber? We had a bunch of different theories. None of them, at the end of tonight, are going to sit and WWE's going the simplistic route. Seth Rollins will remain your world champion. So, Seth Rollins, he comes out. Everybody's singing his song. Rollins is very solemn. He's very low-key, not really overly enthused. He made his way out limping with a knee brace on. No crutches, which is a good sign. The graphic that we got on the screen noted that he's been champion for 240 days. So, Barrett, on commentary, he says this. Speculation, rumor, innuendo, guesswork—we've had it all week on social media. I have tried my best to completely tune it out. I just want to hear from Seth directly, so we get the truth. A lot of people were talking about this, and Wade Barrett made mention of that on social media. Seth's got—he's got this lime green suit jacket on, pants to match black button-up shirt, fans are singing his song. Then they break into a thank you, Seth chant, which is now really great because I feel like at that point, you know, you get him crying and then a thank you, Seth chant. I'm like, this is the recipe for something not good. Honestly. Almost made it seem like he was going away for a long time. He took a deep breath. He didn't really sound overly enthused about Welcoming everybody to Monday Night Rollins. He says, it's been a long week, so I really appreciated that reception. He said, seven days ago, he was defending the World Heavyweight title against Jinder Mahal and fans booed. He says, don't worry, don't worry. It's all right, I beat him. He said, he hit the moonsault and he felt his knee bend in a way it's not supposed to. So, He called out and pinpointed the moment in the match where he got injured. It wasn't anything Mahal did. So you guys can put that to bed, put that to rest right now. It wasn't anything that Jinder Mahal did. Jinder Mahal did not injure Seth Rollins. Jinder Mahal was not unsafe. You get in there and shit happens. I don't understand why people were blaming Jinder Mahal for this, but here we are. Now, all I said was looking back at it, was the match worth this injury? They didn't really do anything to set up Mahal coming out of this, and the match itself was completely unnecessary because they didn't really do anything at the end of that match to proceed or take us into a different angle in a storyline. They didn't do anything. We didn't get a Damian Priest cash in. We got nothing. So looking back at it, was the match necessary You know, and we could have avoided this injury. This match didn't need to take place. Now, who knows if WWE had something lined up for Rollins at the Royal Rumble to defend that championship, if that match did not take place, I don't know. But looking back at it, it was completely unnecessary. So, he called out the moonsaults. He said he finished the match and won. He said he went back to the locker room, sat down. He said it really sunk in at that point that he might be out for a long time. He said earlier in the night, he had spoken backstage with every title defense or that every title defense, he only gets better and he only gets stronger. He felt hopeless when he couldn't bend his knee and he felt like a bit of a liar. He said he thought for the first time there was a real possibility that he might miss WrestleMania. Seth says they got an MRI and he has to wait for the results. He said the results weren't great. He said he had a grade 2 tear of his MCL and a partially torn meniscus. He said with surgery, the doctors are telling him that he'll miss three to four months. He said if it was up to him, he'd be stomping people's heads into the mat, but unfortunately, it's not up to him. We don't really know what the future holds, so we're taking this day by day, week by week. Out comes Gunther. Out comes Imperium. So Gunther gets into the ring and he's got this prickish, heelish smile all over his face. Love when Gunther just loves to laugh and giggle and fucking smile sarcastically like a prick. Just fits him so well. He stepped towards Seth and Seth said, if they're there to make an example out of him, just do it and stop wasting everybody's time. Gunther said, He should just concentrate on him. He says they have been avoiding each other for a while now. He said tonight felt like a great opportunity to to tell Seth how he feels about him. Have at it, said Seth. Should we let Gunther tell everybody how he feels about me? The crowd said no. Gunther told him not to be on edge. He said Seth has been labeled a workhorse champion right out of the gate. He said he aimed to bring honesty and honor to every one of his title defenses, a champion everyone here can be proud of, just like me. He said, now that Seth is hurt, it pulls on his heartstrings to see him in this condition. He said, finding out he might not make WrestleMania makes him sad. It doesn't make Gunther sad. In fact, he's internally laughing at Seth Rollins. Seth said... He and his boys should have let him finish. You came out here way too early and interrupted me. He said, what I was about to say was that I don't give a damn what the doctors tell me. Fans broke out into cheering for Rollins here because they knew exactly what he was going to say. He said he's going to work as hard as possible to rehab. He said he will keep his promise and he will take that title into WrestleMania. Gunther then smiled. He said he'll do everything in his power to walk out of WrestleMania as the world heavyweight champion. Gunther said that's great, and he's happy to hear it. He said this week he's standing tall, telling him he's going to do everything it takes to walk into and out of WrestleMania as champion. He said he'd do the same thing if he were in Seth's position. He said he reminds him of himself from one great champion to another great champion. On Sunday, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble, and I'm going to choose you as my opponent in Philadelphia. He said he will target his knee and his back and anything else that isn't 100% and become the world's heavyweight champion. Seth said he appreciates his honesty. He said he can challenge him if he wins the Rumble, but remember who you are coming after. Gunther said... You better remember who was coming after you. He threw the mic down. They shook hands, surprisingly, and that's the way the segment came to a close. Now, I want to talk about Seth Rollins first. The fact that he came out there without crushes, he made it out there on his own power. He got in the ring, wearing a knee brace. Those are all good signs to me. Those are all good signs. It is not within the realm of WWE to go out there and be open and honest with their fan base. They don't know how to. They don't know how to. WWE, you got to understand something about the WWE. If they could take the opportunity to rib the fans, they will, no matter who's in charge. No matter who's in charge first of all, it's none of our business how badly Seth Rollins is injured number one number two if w w e could embellish a little bit to tell a greater story they will oh especially triple h if they could embellish to tell a greater story, then they will do that. We don't know is Rollins hurt? Yes, he is. is Rollins going to be wrestling anytime soon no, he will not is is he as badly injured as they made it out to be. As social media made it out to be. We don't know. And that's the great thing about this. We don't know. I don't want a situation where Rollins rehabs, gets better, and goes to WrestleMania and then re-injures himself badly to a point where he's going to be out longer than three to four months. I do not want that to happen. I think we should avoid that by all costs. But if Seth and his doctors and WWE's medical staff deem him ready to go for WrestleMania, then I think we should trust all of those men and women involved in making Rollins get to that decision. Nobody knows Seth Rollins better than Seth Rollins. If he feels like he could go, he's going to go. Rollins has been champion for 240 days. Rollins is the workhorse champion. Rollins' mission statement was to make this championship the title that we need in the absence of Roman Reigns, who only has how many defenses last year? Five? Give or take. We have an absentee champion on SmackDown. Rollins made it a mission statement to make this championship mean more than a lot of people gave credit for. And he's done that. Whether you like Rollins or not, whether you think he's flamboyant and... Just out there, bizarre, with his character. Who gives a shit? Is Seth Rollins a great wrestler? Absolutely. Is Seth Rollins a great champion? Absolutely. Has Seth Rollins put everything into this title reign? Absolutely. He seemingly has gotten better as as the reign got longer. And he's about to hit the pinnacle with what happens at WrestleMania. This couldn't have come at a worse time. But again, I have to stress to you guys, we don't know. We don't know. But what I don't want to have happen is him wrestling a Gunther or him wrestling a CM Punk and him blowing his knee out completely where it's going to be 8 to 9 months, 9 to 12 months, 12 to 18 months. We don't want that. He doesn't deserve that. And neither does his opponent or the world championship. The fact that Gunther was out there it proves a few things. One, this was the original plan. Seth Rollins versus Gunther was the original plan for WrestleMania. I don't know where things got thrown out of whack. Again, I don't know. I, I can't sit here and tell you who's going to win the Royal Rumble. I can't. And I love that. It's either Cody or Punk. But why can't it be Gunther. Why can't it be Gunther? The only reason why I don't think it would be Gunther is because I feel like Gunther is going to be in the ring at WrestleMania with Brock Lesnar. I think that's the end goal here for Gunther before he moves on to the world championship. Now, WWE could absolutely have Gunther win the Royal Rumble and we don't even do the Brock Lesnar match at all. And maybe they save that for Saudi Maybe they saved that for Bash at Berlin. Maybe they saved that for SummerSlam. I don't know. But if Rollins mentioned that he's going to be out three to four months, he's eventually going to need to get surgery. I can't imagine this is going to be an injury where he just goes through rehab and it's just magically going to go away. Why would you not want to get surgery to repair an injury like this and operate at 60%, 65%, or however many percent, instead of getting surgery and operating at 100%. The only reason why he's not opting to get surgery now is because this championship means too much to him. This is his one opportunity to main event WrestleMania, and he's not going to let anything stop him. Rollins will get to WrestleMania on one leg if he has to. But WWE threw Gunther out there for one reason and one reason only— And they want to cast doubt over everybody watching this show. Over what's going to happen in the Royal Rumble. Because everybody's thinking, Punk or Cody. But do we need, do we need Brock Lesnar and Gunther at WrestleMania? The stage is set for it. It's obviously a WrestleMania match that I think a lot of people want to see. Gunther beating Lesnar would be fucking unbelievable. But what if Gunther wins the Royal Rumble and with Rollins mentioning that he needs surgery out three to four months, do we want to see CM Punk hold the championship? I don't know. I don't know what the likelihood is there. Think about it. Just think about it from a perspective of looking at things head on. Perception is everything. It truly is in this case. If we do Punk and Rollins, which I know, listen, I I, I want to see it too. I know you want to see it. But if we do Punk and Rollins at WrestleMania in the main event, is Seth Rollins going to drop that title to CM Punk? Does CM Punk deserve to be the recipient of Seth Rollins' title reign because of this asterisk now? He's got an injury. Oh, we going to drop the title to CM Punk. Yeah, CM Punk deserves the world championship. Perception is everything, folks. Or can we wait on Punk and Rollins, give Rollins his main event, and have him drop it to somebody that is absolutely at the top of his game, in his prime, one of the best pro wrestlers on the face of this earth, who deserves it more than anybody for the body of work he's put in over the last year and a half. I want you to think about perception here. Everybody's going to go, oh, Punk should win the Royal Rumble. Cody should win the Royal Rumble. Those are two solid options. I'm not telling you that you're wrong there because I went back and forth on this myself. Right now, my number one is CM Punk winning the Royal Rumble. Cody can win the chamber. If Punk wins the chamber and Cody wins the Rumble. That's what we are expecting to happen. But I have to ask you, who deserves it? Punk. Does Punk need the world championship? Sure. That's his story. Does he need to main event WrestleMania? Sure. That's his story. Is this the last WrestleMania that Punk will have? No. Punk just got here. Punk has not wrestled a wrestling match in the WWE outside of a house show match with Dominic Mysterio. Look at it head on. If WWE needs Rollins to go get surgery, is it right for them to drop the title off of Rollins? Is it right? Is it something that Rollins wants to do? Yeah, we'll drop it to Punk. Doesn't really set a good precedent there. It doesn't. I would much rather him drop the title to Gunther. Now, Gunther is the Intercontinental Champion. I'm going to say this once and I'm going to say it again and again and again and again until I beat it into your head. A lot of people tend to think that Gunther dropping the Intercontinental Championship is a bad move. I could see your argument there. I could. But I hear rumblings of, oh, well, maybe this New Day Imperium feud is going to bring Big E back and Big E could win the Intercontinental Championship. I would be, I would be all for that to happen. But I mean, you're wishing upon a fucking star if Big E is going to be in the Royal Rumble and then him being set up for a match against Gunther at at WrestleMania. Again, you're speaking in what ifs here. That's great. It's a fantasy book. Uh, Listen, I would love to see that happen. Is there anybody else on the roster that I'd love to see take down Gunther and end his reign? On Monday Night Raw, there is nobody. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You can give me whoever the fuck you want. Bronson Reed, no. Ricochet, no. Chad Gable, no. Ivar, no. The Miz, no. There is nobody on Monday Night Raw That is worth the time of day to take that title off of Gunther. If Gunther wins the World Heavyweight Championship while also still being the Intercontinental Championship, him relinquishing the Intercontinental Championship is not that bad of a move. It's not. We've done that before in the past. Why can't we do that here? We'd be looking at a modern-day Hulk Hogan versus... It's not going to really be as big. You're going to be looking at a modern day Hulk Hogan, WWF champion, against Ultimate Warrior, Intercontinental Champion, in the Sky Dome at WrestleMania 6. Why can't Gunther win the World Heavyweight Championship like the Ultimate Warrior did from Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 6 and be a double champion, only to then drop the Intercontinental Championship because that's the one that he deserves most? And there's nothing else that he could do with that IC title. I don't know. I don't know why people have a problem with that. Oh, Gunther should drop the IC title. Yeah, that's great. But there's nobody that is worthy of being in the same ring as him. That's the problem. Oh, why don't you want Gunther to be defeated? He should pass that torch to somebody else. Nobody deserves it. As far as I'm concerned, Gunther should remain undefeated until he loses the championship, the World Heavyweight Championship clean. He's been undefeated for 600 days. Imagine he goes this entire year going into next year's WrestleMania, undefeated. It will mirror his NXT UK championship title reign. Remember when he was defeated by Ilya Dragunov for that title? How big of a moment that was? Shocked. That's what we're aiming for. That's what we're aiming for. But the recipient will cross that bridge when we get there. But I have to ask you guys to look at this head on. Gunther should not lose. No. Gunther should not lose. Punk could win the Rumble. We could get Punk and Rollins, and everything that I mentioned here is out the fucking window. Cody could win the Rumble. Challenges Roman Reigns. He's on his way to finishing his story. Punk gets the chamber. He challenges Rollins at WrestleMania. We go with the original plan. But the reason why they sent Gunther out there is to throw a wrench into everybody's line of thinking. Gunther should win the Royal Rumble just based off the fucking body of work that he's given us over the last 600 days. And if Rollins needs surgery and he's going to be off TV and we're not going to get the Punk and Rollins match imminently anyway because they want to wait till he's 100%. So why not give Gunther to the championship and then we do Rollins and Punk without the title on the line and put it on at SummerSlam? I don't get it. Rollins, Punk at SummerSlam, Cody, Orton at SummerSlam, whatever Reigns wants to do at SummerSlam, whatever. Don't know. But I want you guys to look at it head on. The Rumble now looks even more unpredictable. And we may still end up getting Lesnar versus Gunther at WrestleMania. We don't know. But I found that Rollins, you know, doctors are telling me I'm going to be out three to four months. Rollins is going to rehab. Rollins is going to pretend he's Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 14. His back was fucked up. His back was fucked up against Stone Cold Steve Austin. Finished the match, though. What happened after that? He elected to get surgery. Stone Cold was the man He was the guy that they belted, and he took off from there. Literally the same thing could happen here with Rollins rehabbing, good enough to wrestle, Gunther dominates, we crown a new champion, and Gunther relinquishes the IC title on Monday. Tournament to be crowned at Backlash. Listen, it makes for a great discussion. We'll see what happens. I thought this was a tremendous segment. After this was all over, the New Day jumped Imperium at ringside. So we went from Gunther and Seth Rollins to New Day attacking Imperium. Giovanni Vinci's back, love Vinci, and Kaiser on the outside. We go right to a New Day versus Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser match to open Monday Night Raw. I said this last week. This tag team match, this tag team feud that we've seen with the New Day and Imperium, there's no championship on the line. It was born out of a simple story, right? Vinci got hurt. It really picked up steam when Vinci got hurt. Vinci was out for about three weeks. And that's thanks to Kofi Kingston. But after that happened, everything started to kind of get in motion Vinci was out. Kaiser looked for revenge. He did the same thing to Kofi. And Xavier comes back looking to get revenge on what Kaiser did to Kofi. And now all four guys are in a tank team match here. It's just very simple storytelling. Imperium was not on the same page. Vinci was not really gelling with Kaiser. And Kaiser was not gelling with Vinci. Gunther wanted more attitude from both of them. He wanted to give them a a stern talking to, to to motivate them, because they're not losers. And here we are. They've looked more impressive in the last month, month and a half than they have on Monday Night Raw since they got called up. And the New Day, New Day gyrates, the the New Day eats cereal, the New Day is tromboning, But you haven't seen none of that New Day. The New Day is serious. The New Day is focused. The New Day is angry. The New Day is intense. And when the New Day is all those things, it's very difficult to be better than the New Day because they do it just as good as anybody. And when you add four guys who are seeking revenge, one team that's serious and another team that's joking and comedic at times, when you get them on the same page as Imperium, you're going to create magic. This feud has worked so well for both teams because now both teams are stronger than they were when they started this thing. This match went to a double countout. We got no winner. Crowd was unhappy, but it went to a double countout. We'll pick it up after the commercial break. Kingston made a hot tag. He wiped out both guys of Imperium with suicide dives. Imperium teamed up on Kofi. Several moments later, Woods made the save. that kept brawling on the outside until both teams were counted out Crowd was not happy at all about the outcome. The brawl continued into the crowd. Kaiser and Vinci got the better of the New Day. Xavier saved Kofi from a chair shot by Kaiser. Kaiser and Vinci got the better of Xavier and set up a superplex off of some big production crates. Kofi intervened, and the New Day tackled Kaiser and Vinci through two tables that were down below behind the production crates crowd chanted holy shit and the usa network bleeped it out that makes me in th- th- it makes me cringe i get infuriated when i hear the usa network a cable tv network bleeping out holy shit what a way to take away from the fucking moment huh i thought this was great everybody is clicking everybody is full steam ahead I don't know if they do anything at the Royal Rumble. Right now, the Royal Rumble is four matches. I don't know if we get a fifth match or something else added later this week on SmackDown. I don't know. But right now, these four guys are killing it. There's no championships on the line. And I said this on Twitter. I don't know if this is going to bring Big E back as the equalizer in the Royal Rumble. I don't. I mean, what a fucking... What a, I mean, you talk about all-timer Royal Rumble moments. If Big E comes out in the Royal Rumble, it will be an all-time moment for the ages. After what he went through and the injury that he suffered to come back and eliminate Gunther from the Royal Rumble, you're looking at one of the greatest Royal Rumble returns and eliminations of, of the modern era. I would not be opposed if Big E was set up to take the title off of Gunther, but We are getting way ahead of ourselves because we don't know. The line of questioning is now becoming a little bit more and more and more. Are you ready to come back? When's the timetable? I mean, we've seen this same thing with returning superstars. They're not going to tell you exactly what's going on. When Adam Copeland came back, when Edge came back to the Royal Rumble, he denied it. No, I'm not going to be in the Royal Rumble. Don't answer anybody. The fact that you said you're not going to be in the Royal Rumble gave it away that you will be in the Royal Rumble. I could see it being a huge moment. I could see it actually happening. But we don't know. We don't. And again, I have to ask, where does that match take place? Supposedly, Gunther's not going to be able, because of visa issues, to go to Perth, Australia. He will not be at the Elimination Chamber. So if Gunther's going to win... Well, if Gunther's going to get the world championship match at uh, at WrestleMania, he's going to have to win the Royal Rumble. And if Gunther is set to defend the Intercontinental Championship and drop the title before he moves on to bigger and better things, it's not going to happen at the Chamber. Maybe they set up Big E versus Gunther at WrestleMania, and then they save Brock Lesnar for the world title against Gunther. I don't know. I don't know. There's a very small chance he could be in the Royal Rumble. I don't want to tell you no, but it's highly unlikely. An injury like that is very, very sticky. I hope he comes back. We've seen people come back from something like that. Champa came back from something like that. Soraya came back from something like that. Brian. I mean, the list goes on and on. But I think people are getting ahead of themselves here. I know you want a feel-good moment. I'd love to see it happen, too. But right now, there's not much going into that, but pure speculation and fan desire. Judgment Day. We're all gathered around backstage. Rhea Ripley told Priest, it seems she wants to fight everyone lately. Or he wants to fight everyone lately. She wants to fight everybody in her division as well. She said Adam Pearce just informed her that next week, Priest and Balor will defend the Tag Team Championships against DIY. He says he'll take care of Drew later. He says he's not the one walking around backstage with the big head because he made the cover of WWE 2K24. He told her to stop going into Pearce's office and making matches. He said, Judgment Day's business is in his control. Priest stormed off and was angry. Rhea Ripley then told Balor, Dominic Mysterio, and J.D. McNugget that she was disappointed in all of them because DIY have not been taken care of yet. Ripley asked Balor, what are you snickering about? What are you laughing about? Am I a joke to you? Do I look like a clown to you? She told him it's not funny. She told Balor to be a ringside for Dom's match, help him get the win tonight over Miz, and it's been a while since I've seen the Vicious side of Finn Balor. Balor said, you want to see Vicious? You want to see Vicious? I'll show you Vicious. Balor reportedly, according to Raj Geary on Twitter, on X... Finn Balor's contract is up after WrestleMania and nothing has been discussed as far as an extension is concerned. I don't know, man. Is Balor on his way out of WWE? I don't know. He did make a statement. I don't know how long ago that he'd love to work with his friends over in the Elite again. And now we got a bunch of his buddies heading over to New Japan or uh, from New Japan to AEW. They're all in AEW now. We may end up seeing Prince Devitt over there. I highly doubt it because I don't think Triple H is going to allow him to walk out. I just don't see how that's a possibility at this point. But that is the news going around. Finn Balor, his contract is coming up after WrestleMania. And right now, there has not been any talk of an extension as of yet. Speaking of the WWE 2K24 video game, they announced the cover stars. This morning, Cody Rhodes will be on the regular cover of the game, and then the deluxe edition will feature Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair, all deserving candidates. I love it. The artwork's been great. People are excited about the game. We finally got different types of matches. There's a special guest referee option. Haven't seen gameplay yet. I'm assuming it's going to be the same as every other year, but... People are excited about it. I might have to get on board this year. I didn't buy it last year. We all were disappointed with Fight Forever. We might have to pick it up this year. I'll let you guys know. Jackie Redmond interviewed Ivy Nile and Maxine Dupree. Redmond brought up how she's seen videos of Ivy training hard for this match. She asked how a win over Valhalla would affect her. Maxine then gave her a pep talk. The Kree brothers walked in and gave her some encouragement, and she goes out there to start the match. It went three minutes, and none of this was particularly good, man. Ivy Nile worked a banger match against Rhea Ripley. This was not that. This was not good at all. So Valhalla headbutted Ivy Nile to basically get control here early on, She tried to score a pin with her legs on the middle rope, which looked absolutely sloppy as fuck. The referee was in clear, plain view sight of uh, of her putting her feet on the rope. I don't know what she was trying to do. It looked ridiculous. Blatantly cheating right in front of the referee. So Maxine made sure the ref saw it. He looked like he saw it. Valhalla yelled down at Maxine. Ivy Nile and Valhalla battled in the corner. Niall leapt off the top rope with a pit bull bulldog for the one, two, three, and she wins in about three minutes. I don't want to see any more fluff on this show. This was not good. Ivy has potential. But Valhalla, I was never big on Sarah Logan to begin with. I think she's settled nicely into a valet role for Ivar. I don't see Valhalla going after the women's championship on Raw. Let's keep this shit to a minimum. Jackie Redmond approached Jey Uso backstage. With the New Day, she asked when this feud with Imperium will end. Xavier says, well, they aren't 12-time champions for no reason. He says, they've been the best tag team for a decade. Kofi said people see them joking around. And think they can't get serious when the time is right. He said when you push them too far. The results are what everyone saw earlier this evening. They said they took out Kaiser. They took out Vinci. So I'm challenging Gunther. To a match next week. For the Intercontinental Championship. The post Royal Rumble Raw is being set up quite nicely. So Kofi Kingston. And Gunther. Will battle it out for the IC title next week. Now. What has Kofi Kingston done to get an Intercontinental Championship match? Well, he hasn't really done anything. He hasn't done much of anything. But the feud here calls for it. He's the leader. Kofi's going to try and cut down the leader of Imperium so that he ends this once and for all. So before you start to, well, why, why, why? it doesn't make sense there's a story that's ongoing here, man. If you watch the show, you'd realize what's going on. I don't mind it because at the end of the day, Gunther is going to destroy Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston is not going to beat Gunther for the IC title. Hour two. Nia Jax. Nia Snorlax. She puts me to sleep like Snorlax. Made her ring entrance. She said the last time she faced Rhea Ripley, she got squashed. She said the first time she faced Becky Lynch, she got squashed. She said Becky and Ripley want to face each other rather than her. She said this Saturday at the Rumble, she's going to kill both of their dreams and go to WrestleMania. She was interrupted by Becky Lynch. Becky then made her way to the ring She yells, shut up, Naya, you dope. It's great, Becky. It's real serious there. She said beating her gives her something else to talk about for the next five years. She says she has a target on her back going into Saturday, but so does Naya. She said that locker room doesn't agree on anything except one thing. Nobody likes you. Kind of feels like me in the IWC, man. Nobody likes me. Everybody wonders why we have such a big audience every single night. Why is that? Maybe because I'm not fucking boring. Maybe what I deliver here is an actual fucking show instead of ending my stream after 50 minutes like half of these fucking lazy, no-good fucking content creators. I don't know. what was what, what is it? I can't tell. Nobody likes Naya. Naya smiled and nodded. She said she throws her weight around and you probably injured half of them. Are we we indirectly calling Nia Jax large, Becky? Are we calling Nia large? Is there going to be a cancel brigade after Becky Lynch tonight? She said she's not sure if she's going to enjoy what she's going to enjoy more, winning the Rumble for the second time in her career or watching Nia Jax lose. Bailey interrupted. Bailey's out there, man, my girl Bailey. Both of you idiots are going to lose. She gets in the ring and she made it clear that she's going to win the Royal Rumble and point up at the WrestleMania sign. Bailey jumped Becky. Nia Jax stomped on Bailey. Becky then went after Nia Jax and then gave Bailey a manhandle slam. Jax threw Becky over the top rope and then she leg dropped Bailey's chest and eyed Becky from the ring. Bayley got her ass kicked here. I wonder if that's a little nod to Bayley going the distance and winning the Royal Rumble. I'm making a prediction right now. I'm saying here with full confidence that Bayley will win the Royal Rumble. I'm going with Bayley to win the Royal Rumble on Saturday afternoon or Saturday night for the women. Becky's a good option. Becky's obvious, though. Nia, Naya, is not going to win. And I'm sure Nia will be a part of the Final Four. Naya's going to have uh, double-digit eliminations, I'm sure. Liv Morgan is the dark horse here. I know you Liv Morgan stands out there. You love your Liv Morgan. I know it. I know it. But let's be real. Liv Morgan in WrestleMania in a major women's championship match, not going to happen. Not going to happen. She'll be there. She'll be in the Rumble. She'll have a nice little return, but I don't think she's going to win it. I'm going with Bailey to win the Royal Rumble. But outside that, I mean, we don't really know who else is in the Royal Rumble. I mean, we got Becky, we got Naya, we got Bailey, and we got uh, uh, who else is in there? Bailey, Becky, Naya, and Bianca. That's it. They announced four women for the Royal Rumble. So we need 26 other women. Hopefully they know what they're doing. I actually, I actually quite like that. I don't know who any who any of these women are. Same thing with the men. I don't know. Love it. This segment, nobody gave a shit about. I didn't really like to see Bailey get squashed here, but I'm gonna take it as a positive. I'm gonna take it as a net positive here. Bailey got her a rest kicked. So maybe Bailey, maybe they're setting Bailey up to win the Royal Rumble. I don't know. A clip aired from earlier of R-Truth telling The Miz not to get hurt again and to not tag in during his match with Dominic Mysterio. Now, The Miz explained, well, Truth, it's it's not a tag team match. What are you talking about? Don't tag in. It's not a tag team match. Truth told Miz, Miz, you got you to gotta keep an eye on those Mysterio boys. Miz is like, Mysterio, boys, there's one Mysterio. It's Dominic Mysterio. It's one guy, Truth. Tom and Nick Mysterio. It's Dominic Mysterio. I don't know why I laugh so hard at these little fucking segments with R-Truth, but it's fucking great. It's great. It's just, it breaks up the monotony of, you know, being serious, and Truth is... Getting too involved here, which is now pushing the Judgment Day to get more and more angry. First, it was fun and games, and they didn't really understand what the fuck was going on. Now they're getting angry. So, it's all a part of the plan about Judgment Day having their legs cut out from underneath them, man. I love it. It's good. Dominic Mysterio against The Miz. Out there with Dominic was Finn Balor and JD McSkillet. McFish. Ms. got fucking new people watching this show. Why is he naming off the McDonald's fucking dollar menu? That's what we do here. J.D. McDouble, I don't eat McDonald's. It's fucking terrible for you. Neither should you. Do better. If I was to go with a fast food place, I'm going Wendy's. And even that is questionable. Just give up all fast food in general, man. It's there to poison you and make society overweight. And nobody should be fat. Be healthy. Dominic and The Miz. This was bad. This was not good at all. Was not a fan of what these two guys produced. I thought this was sloppy. And after the Imperium and New Day match and the post-match attack, this show was slowly going down a hill. This was not good. We got Ivy Nile versus Maxine, or Ivy Nile versus Valhalla with Maxine Dupree. We got the... Tag team match, uh, we got the Judgment Day stuff, we got Ivy and versus Valhalla, we got Nia Jax, Becky Lynch, and Baylor. I mean, this show was going down a fucking hill. First 35 minutes were great. Fucking great to open up the show. After that, goodbye. The next hour was like, Jesus fucking Christ, can we get to CM Punk and Cody Rhodes? Seriously. This was not any better at all. So... Baller is on the outside. Rhea Ripley wanted to see a more angry Finn Balor. Balor gave Miz a cheap shot. Dom took control after hitting a suicide dive and a slingshot senton. Miz fought back after a commercial break. Drop kicked Balor into the announce table. He also took out J.D. McNugget before hitting Dominic with a springboard crossbody for two. Good thing the Miz's knee didn't go out. It's basically the same move that uh, Seth Rollins did a week earlier, but he blew out his knee. So Miz avoided a 619, but there was a referee distraction by JD McSallad. He allowed Ballard to kick or allowed Balor to kick Miz in the head. Dominic followed with a 619. He goes up top for the frog splash. And Dominic Mysterio, somewhere Tom and Nick Mysterio are cheering on from the sidelines. Their brother, Dominic, just won over the Miz. Post-match, Balor attacked Miz. He was furious and just laying in ground-and-pound shots here on the Miz. Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa ran out for the save. Miz gave Dom a skull-crushing finale. Balor saved McDonough from a meet-him-in-the-middle by DIY. So DIY, man, they got that tag team title match next week. I'm expecting new tag team champions next week in Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. Sadly, when DIY came out in New Orleans, they got absolutely zero reaction. I don't know, man. From city to city, town to town, the reactions that DIY get, sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're not so great. Sometimes they're okay. Sometimes they're not okay. I don't know. New Orleans might not be a fan of uh, doing it yourself. I don't know. The fuck is wrong with you guys down there? New Orleans, you got to do better, bro. You got to do better. Jackie Redmond. She interviewed Damian Priest. Priest said, Dominic took care of business just like I knew he would. All truth then comes in. And he starts waving another huge, huge wad of cash from the latest T-shirt sales in front of Damien Priest. Soon as R-Truth was there, Priest turned around. Damien tried to hide his smile so much. You, you just saw him break out and smile, man. The, the, I mean, I would love to know what they think when R-Truth is on camera, man. It's almost as if they're all just going to break fucking kayfabe and, and just burst out laughing because R-Truth is so naturally funny. Damien Priest is just standing there trying to hide his fucking smile trying to hide his laughter. He's got R-Truth waving cash in front of his face. He said, McDonough followed him on Venmo, and they need to do something about him. He wants his cut. He didn't get his cut yet, so he followed him on Venmo. Priest said, listen, Truth, we'll talk later. We'll talk later. I I got some serious business to address here. And R-Truth leaves, and Damien goes back to cutting the promo. Priest said Drew talked about how he was the man around here. He said that was a time when everyone here was struggling. He said that and everyone was back to 100%, but he couldn't beat Reigns, he couldn't beat Gunther, he couldn't beat Seth Rollins, and now out of pure jealousy, he doesn't want him to become champion. He said he will enter and win the Royal Rumble or cash in and become the champion. He said Drew will receive his punishment later. Damian Priest, I don't know when he cashes in that briefcase. I don't. We may see an attempted cashing at WrestleMania. I don't know when we are going to get it done, but is there a dumber money in the bank briefcase holder? And I don't mean this in any disrespectful way because I love Damian Priest. I think he's fucking great. But has there been a more dumber booked money in the bank briefcase holder than Damian Priest? The only one I can think of off the top of my head is Austin Theory. Baron Corbin's up there, too, man. Baron Corbin's one of the dumbest cash-ins. You you guys remember Baron Corbin's cash-in? My God, what a waste of a briefcase. Austin Theory may take the cake on that one. Cashing in for a United States championship, man. Oh, man. Great. But Damian Priest is not Otis. Otis, too. Yeah, Otis was a dumb one. Otis was a dumb one, too. Got to be the top three, man. Got to be top three. In no particular order. Otis, Austin Theory, and Baron Corbin. But Damian Priest is not doing himself any favors, man. I mean, if I'm senor, money in the bank, I mean, I'm out there with Rollins compromised in a knee brace cashing in that fucking briefcase. Where the fuck was he? he? There was not even a fucking attempt. He was nowhere on camera. He was nowhere in the shadows. He was nowhere at rank side. Nowhere. I mean, that's what I would do. The fuck are we doing here? I don't know. Priest is not winning the Royal Rumble. Don't know when we see the cash in. If Rollins is going to be off TV. I don't know. We might be looking at a possible WrestleMania cash in. And if he does cash in, he won't be successful. This this entire ordeal does not revolve around Damian Priest anymore. The longer we waited, the more he does not fit as a world champion. It's all about the Judgment Day. Yeah, Braun was a dumb one too. Braun Strowman was a dumb one as well, man. That's a good call. Max in the chat. He was, man, that was awful. That was awful. Sandow's was a waste, too. Man, they dropped the fucking ball on Damian Sandow. I'll tell you that right now. Ridiculous. They had gold in Damian Sandow, man, and they did absolutely nothing with him. That one actually pissed me off. Legitimately, that pissed me the fuck off. Chad Gable. He went one-on-one with Ivar. So, up until this point, we didn't really get any great in-ring action here. From this point on, I mean, the show can't get any worse. I mean, they saved the best for hour two going into hour three here. This was by far and away the best in-ring match on Monday Night Raw tonight. This was fucking great. Chad Gable is so good. And he's good normally against someone his size or someone smaller than him. He's good against the guys like Ricochet and Johnny Gargano and guys like that, right? But when Gable gets in there and mixes it up with somebody the size of a Bronson Reed or an Ivar like he did tonight or a Gunther, Chad Gable's game is elevated. And that is unbelievable to me. It's easy to have a match with somebody like a Ricochet and a Johnny Gargano and have a fucking banger wrestling match. But when he gets in there against someone like these guys, somehow he gets better. It's unbelievable to me. He's been so consistent in everything that he does. I don't know how we aren't talking about him in a major singles role going for an IC title. I don't know. Again, I don't know what they do with the IC title, but at this point, I'm going to reiterate it again. Nobody should beat Gunther. There is nobody right now that is built up properly to take that belt off of Gunther. But if Gunther drops the title and relinquishes the title, if he wins the World Heavyweight title and vacates the IC title, I could see somebody like Gable winning the title in a tournament. I could. I could see Gable being crowned champion in the tournament. And then we just move on from there. But I don't know if it's going to come down to a Gable versus Gunther or, or something like that. I don't think we're at that point anymore. I don't. But man, Chad Gable is an absolutely amazing professional wrestler. He's unbelievable. Consistently one of the top guys in the company. Ivar suplexed Gable out of the ring... And hit a splash on the apron. We go to commercial break. After the break, Gable hit an exploded suplex off the top rope, which looked fucking ridiculous. Ivar came back with a sit-out powerbomb. He covers Gable, he gets a two-count. Gable applied an ankle lock. Ivar rolled over, kicked him off. Ivar followed with a diving leg drop off the middle rope. Ivar then tried a spin kick, but Gable countered into an ankle lock, but Ivar got to the bottom rope to break the hole. Ivar then came right back with a sit-out spine buster for a two count. Ivar then went for the moonsault, but Gable rolled out of the way and hit a bridging German suplex into a near fall. Crowd popped at the kick out. Then there was this insane spot. I don't know what the fuck they were going for. But Ivar set Gable up for a superplex off the top rope. Gable slid behind Ivar. And in one motion, he's on the top rope. Imagine Ivar positioning him up for a vertical suplex. He flips over Ivar, lands on his feet, and in one motion grabs Ivar off the top rope and delivers a German suplex off the middle rope on Ivar. Ridiculous. So Gable's going up for the Gable salt, his moonsault. Valhalla is on the ring apron. She looks up at Gable, scares him, distracts him. There was this great camera shot of the camera looking up at Gable from the ground. Valhalla on one side, Gable on the other. Ivar comes over and he takes Gable off the top rope, almost dropped him on his fucking head. And then in that same camera shot, shooting up from above, Ivar jumps off with the doom salt. One, two, three. And that was it for Ivar to get the victory over Chad Gable. I mean, Gable getting the victory over Ivar here would have been tremendous, man. The crowd would have loved it. I don't know what they got in the pipeline for Chad Gable here, but man, oh man, is he fucking great. This was easily the best match of the night. I could watch this guy wrestle all night. And please, give your flowers to Ivar. He has absolutely fucking crushed it in the absence of his tag team partner. He looks like a solid middle-of-the-card fucking heel. He looks like somebody that could dominate for an IC title. He's, he's doing his thing. And you didn't really expect that out of Ivar here. You didn't. Nobody did. But my God, he's fucking killed it. WWE is so chock full of talent right now, man. It's scary, the the roster that they possess right now. It really is fucking awesome. The legit main event. Cody Rhodes and CM Punk face to face here. On Monday Night Raw. I felt like I was in the fucking Twilight Zone here, man. Legitimately felt like I was in the Twilight Zone. I'm like, what am I watching here, man? You asked me two years ago. You asked me, you asked me a fucking six months ago if this was going to happen. And the answer to everybody is no. Nobody had this on their bingo cards. Nobody. CM Punk and Cody Rhodes in the same ring, in the same segment, face to face with microphones in their hands. This was easily the best part of the entire night. Cody Rhodes makes his way out to the ring. Punk makes his way out to the ring. Obviously, two of the biggest babyfaces in the company. It's one and two legitimately. Cody Rhodes, number one. CM Punk, number two. If you want to flip-flop them back and forth, Punk, number one. Cody, number two. Whichever. They're both incredibly over. So, Cody was about to talk, and we got a loud CM Punk chant. That kind of took Cody... By surprise. Punk said, appreciate it. We got a Cody chant. Cody smiled. Punk then said, he was going to suggest they take a moment to appreciate this moment. He says they've been on very different paths to get to this particular moment. He says he hopes they're friends as of Sunday morning, but he wanted to take a moment to enjoy this situation. Cody then asked Punk what he wanted to talk about. He didn't say it all cringy and and comedy-like. He he legitimately told Punk, well, what do you want to talk about? Punk said he has a story he's never told before. Nobody here has heard it. I'm going to tell it to you right now. So Dusty Rhodes called him in 2007 and said he was sending Cody to Ohio Valley Wrestling. Punk said Dusty told him to keep an eye on his kid. Punk said he wasn't sure he should be the guy to do that, and he didn't know Cody yet. But when the American dream asks you a favor, you say yes. He says it wasn't a hard job. He says he stayed his way out of trouble and didn't fall into the same vices as a lot of their contemporaries did. He says he watched him grow into a main event championship caliber superstar who stands there today in front of him. He said it might sound condescending to say it, but I'm proud of you, says Punk to Cody. He said on Saturday, I won't be looking out for Cody. not going to be looking out for you. I'll be looking for you. I'm going to win the Royal Rumble, and I'm going on to main event WrestleMania. So, first of all, I love the setup. Love the segue from you know, him being sent down to Ohio Valley Wrestling, Dusty calling him punk. Look after my boy. Right? They became friends. Hopefully, you're my friend as of Sunday morning. But I'm not going to be taking care of you. I'm not going to be you know, looking after you. I'm going to be looking for you. And then I'm going to eliminate you. And then I'm going to win the Royal Rumble. And then I'm going to main event WrestleMania. So the segue from the story to where their end goal is on Saturday was great. Cody says he's worked with so many dignitaries over the years, including Triple H, Bruce Pritchard, Michael Hayes, and yes, even the wise man, Paul Heyman. He said when they see him They can't help but see Dusty, too. It's a very large shadow. He says he's done everything in his power since he left WWE to not be in the shadow and subvert expectations on his own last name and be his own man. Cody should give himself more credit. Cody should give himself much more credit. This is WWE. WWE. They're always going to align Cody with Dusty because Dusty basically was NXT. The reason NXT existed, the reason their developmental system exists right now is because of Cody's father. On top of everything else he's done in his career. One of the greatest to ever do it. Cody's never going to get out from underneath those shadows. Not while he's in WWE anyway. They're always going to bring up Dusty's name in everything that he does. Because Dusty was a huge figure in WWE and Cody's are trying to ascend to that on his own. But Cody should give himself more credit because without what he did in the last seven years, you are not looking at Cody Rhodes in WWE right now the way you see him. And I'm going to need everybody to give Tony Khan a little bit more credit. I'm going to have to give you guys, you know, a stern talking to here. You could sit there and say, Tony is this, Tony's that, Tony's this, Tony's that. Tony gave Cody everything he wanted in AEW. He let Cody go. He wasn't going to do anything to make sure Cody was unhappy. He let Cody walk into WWE. Same thing with CM Punk. You don't get CM Punk in this moment without Tony Khan. Tony Khan brought CM Punk out of retirement. If Tony Khan did not bring CM Punk out of retirement, he would not be in the WWE right now. Without Tony Khan, without AEW, CM Punk is sitting in his luxurious condo in Chicago with Larry on his lap watching a hockey game. Cody Rhodes, over the last seven years... With the platform that he built for himself, with the work he put in, and with AEW, this is the Cody you see now. He needs to give himself a little bit more credit. Honestly. He had a tremendous run on his own. An inspirational run on his own. One that Matt Cardona is on right now. Not many people go to the Indies and do what Cardona's doing now and do what Cody did. You don't see it. Cody made himself into a household name away from WWE. Cody became a main event guy in AEW, which is why you see him now in WWE. Cody, after mentioning all these names, said it's a very large shadow to sit in the shadow of your father. He says he's done everything in his power since he left WWE to not be in the shadow. He said Punk wasn't lying about OVW, though. He said he had no matches under his belt and was a com- and was a complete nepotism hire. He said Punk could have treated him poorly, but he treated him as a friend. He said that's what makes it all bittersweet. He said in the Rumble, though, There are no friends. Punk asked about Sunday morning. He says they had traveled different paths because he had no connections. He said Cody was born on third base and got a head start that he did not get afforded in this business. He says he saw the burden of his last name and how hard it would become to get out of that shadow. Congratulations, you've done it with flying colors. He said, Cody wore a nice expensive suit and here I am wearing what I wore to the gym earlier today. Sweatpants, a hoodie, beat up shoes. He says they've taken different paths, but they have the same goals. Sam Punk then said his father was blue collar and a regular guy. My father was an electrician. He said it's ironic because that makes him more of an American dream then Cody, Cody then started to get a little bit more angry here. Cody called Punk the American Dream sarcastically. Oh, you're the American Dream. Said he wanted to talk about, let's talk about the pipe bomb, Punk. Let's talk about the pipe bomb. He said, You sat on the stage right up there, and he points to the stage, and rattled off the formula for a revolution. He says he was among those inspired by his words that night. But then you left. You really left. And he didn't come back. You were gone for a long time. And you didn't pass the torch on the way out. You dropped it on the way out. You know who picked it up? I did, says Cody. Everything you spoke about, I literally did. He said what Punk spoke He did. What is actually ironic is that makes me more CM Punk than you. More gasps from the crowd, oohs and ahs from the crowd. Punk took off his jacket, says it's getting hot in here. Punk stepped into Cody's face. He said, Cody has carried the company on his back for a soul-crushing two years. And yeah, it's been soul-crushing. He says they handed him the cover of the video game, too. He said right when he's about to cross the finish line and finish his story, suddenly a much bigger superstar who hasn't been around in a long time shows up to try and take it all away from you. He says he's referring to himself. Cody says, well, there you are looking out for me again. He said, Punk might be right, though. He said, Courage is being scared to death, but saddling up and going forward anyway. He said, he only has one direction he can go, and he has to go, and that's forward towards WrestleMania. And the direction goes through you. Cody turned to leave. Punk swung him around, and they came face-to-face, nose-to-nose. Cody left the ring on one side, Punk left the ring on the other side. Cody's music plays. They had a camera shot of Cody looking at Punk and a camera shot of Punk looking at Cody. This was billed for the Royal Rumble. This was billed for the 30-man Royal Rumble match. This is not some one-on-one match This is not a feud that the two are getting embroiled in. This is not a WrestleMania match, though it could be, though it will be. It should be at some point. Not this year, though. This was a build, a segment to build, to hype up the Royal Rumble. Imagine taking this story, these two, this promo, and applying it to the Royal Rumble. How can anyone not be excited about what we heard here tonight? I don't get it. This is going to make for a memorable Royal Rumble match. The unpredictability is thick with this one. I love it. This was absolutely fantastic work. Now. A lot of people were like, well, why didn't they dabble in some AEW behind the curtain stuff? Why didn't they indirectly mention this one and that one and Matt and Nick and AEW and EVP and all this other nonsense that people were talking about? I don't understand why you want want the attention to be taken away from the Royal Rumble so, that you can get your dick hard over some bullshit drama that everybody should stop talking about that happened in another company that does not apply to what the story is here. How does that apply to the story that CM Punk and Cody Rhodes are telling going into the Royal Rumble? Does anybody have an answer to that? The answer is no. No, it doesn't apply. And there is no story. Well, they were in the same company. Yes, for a cool five months. And then Cody left. The fuck did you want them to do? What did you want them to say? They may be shook hands. They may be made acquaintances. They may have been a hug here and there off camera or after a show was over. But they didn't cross paths on television. They had nothing to do with one another on television. Missed opportunity. But why do you want to drum up old school drama? Drama that we should really bury six feet under so that you can get off on Punk and Cody, two prominent figures that were in AEW that are no longer in AEW. Why do you want all of that to be brought up again to tell this story when it has nothing to do with the story that they're telling? Fickle fans who want nothing but to be pleased for selfish reasons. It has nothing to do with their story. They promoted the Royal Rumble. They made the Royal Rumble the most important match in their life. And they made the main event of WrestleMania the end goal. And winning the world championship, their end goal. That was the reason for this segment. Not the Young Bucks. Not Adam Page. Not Jack Perry. Not All Out. Not All In. Not Tony Khan. Not Cody's EVP status. None of it. Fans on social media are fucking retarded, and I use that word loosely. Shut up, appreciate the story that we've been given here, and move the fuck on. Tribalism at its finest. Fuck off. This was amazing television. Do we get Cody versus CM Punk at WrestleMania? I don't know if that's the right answer here. I don't really know if that's the right direction. You're going to really split the fucking fan bases between the two. I mean, I'm, I can't wait for it. You know it's coming. You know at some point it's happening. But right now, the plan is Punk, Rollins, Cody, Roman. I don't know where they fit in together. Cody's going to SmackDown. Cody's going to have nothing to do with Punk. They're not going to have... Cody Again, perception is everything. When Monday Night Raw gets a new TV deal, Cody Rhodes is the face of this company. CM Punk is one of the biggest names in the history of this business. You're not going to have two names of this caliber on the same brand with a new TV deal. You're not. Roman Reigns is going to go even more part-time when he loses that championship. Cody's going to... Man the ship on Friday, and Punk is going to man the ship on Monday. They're not going to be on the same brand. So right now, maybe we should get it out of our heads that they're not crossing paths anytime soon. They will, but this was only an appetizer. Long-term booking. Love it. This was awesome. Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Tag team match against Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark. I'd be lying to you if I told you I watched it. I didn't give a single solitary fuck about this. Baszler and Zoe win. I feel bad for these ladies because they are absolutely fucking ice cold. Nobody cares. But hey, we got to build up a division for the tag team titles. Great. Jackie Redmond. She was backstage with Drew McIntyre asked Drew, if he has anything to say about what Punk and Cody just said, he said no. He said everything he had to say to them, he said to their face. He said he heard what Priest said earlier. He says he's tired of people downplaying what he did during the pandemic. He said people say they literally saved their lives. He said everybody has a destiny and a story and says variations of the same thing. I'm tired of it. He said to be a world champion, you have to be tough mentally and physically and he is the only chosen one. Adam Pearce was backstage yelling at damage control. He told them to save it for the Royal Rumble. Jinder Mahal then walks in and asks Adam Pearce what his plans are for him. Hopefully none. Hopefully Mahal has no plans. He was joined by Veer Mahal! And Sangha, who intimidated Pierce into having a meeting with them. I'll meet you in my office, says Adam Pierce to Jinder Mahal. And then when they walk away, he looks up in the air and says, man, man, do I need a drink? Yeah, no shit. Main event. Drew McIntyre and Damian Priest in the main event. Two heels. Crowd was uh, a little lukewarm for this. Don't really know uh, who fans were cheering for here, but at the end, Damian Priest was on the receiving end of an L. And Drew McIntyre was much more over after some shenanigans by Arshrew. So Priest was very intense early on. Try leaping off steel steps on the outside. McIntyre caught him with a suplex on the outside. McIntyre tried another suplex on the outside, but Priest shoved him into the ring post and hit a Falcon's arrow on the announce desk. So we go into a commercial break. McIntyre fired back with some clotheslines, an overhead suplex, a neck breaker. Priest avoided a Claymore kick, but McIntyre followed with a spine buster for two. Priest hit a flatliner. He goes for recovery, gets a two count. They traded counters back and forth until Priest hit another Falcon Arrow for a two-count. Very impressive because Drew McIntyre is not a small guy. McIntyre went outside. He was selling his ribs. Priest dropped him with a flip-dive over the ropes, which looked beautiful by Damian Priest. Step up, flip-dive over the ropes. Truth. Our truth out of nowhere shows up and all of a sudden wanted to get, in this moment, wanted to give Damian Priest his cut of the T-shirt money and he's waving the fucking dollar bills in his face. Priest, at this point, was like, bro, I'm not having this shit. He was not laughing. There was no sign of a smile. He shoved our truth down to the mat, and people started booing. This distraction allowed McIntyre to a big future shock DDT. Truth then says, all right, he, he must want me to put it in the Money in the Bank briefcase. So after Priest gets nailed with the DDT, R-Truth goes over to the Money in the Bank briefcase, which is sitting by the timekeeper's area. He opens up the briefcase. He starts putting the money in the briefcase. Uh, or, actually, he didn't put the money in the briefcase. He, he, he didn't know the lock combination, so he, he leapt on the apron and he asks Priest, what's the password? What's the password? So, obviously, Priest is in the middle of a fucking match. He's not going to give him the goddamn password to the briefcase. But Priest, you know, at this point, getting angry. Truth had good intentions. Innocent bystander here. McIntyre was setting up for the Claymore kick at this moment, so he punched Truth. The cash went flying everywhere. The referee tried handling Truth. Priest hit McIntyre with a South of Heaven Slam. Priest had it won, but the referee was nowhere to be found. Priest then shook Truth from the ring. That distraction allowed McIntyre to hit the Claymore kick for the one, two, three. And that was it. And the show quickly went off the air. What's the password? Does anybody know the password? Maybe we should ask Tom and Nick Mysterio. The, the R-Truth stuff was a little a little silly, I, I will admit it. it. It was hilarious when he was on the fucking ring apron, leaning over the ropes. What's the password? I don't know, man. Listen. Damien Priest is Mr. Money in the Bank. He could afford a loss. All of this is, is, is definitely coming down on Damien Priest. All of it is coming down on Damien Priest. He's going to get booted out of Judgment Day. When that briefcase is cashed in, he's going to fail that cash-in, and it's going to be our truth fault. It is. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen, where it's going to happen. I don't know. But it's entertaining. You know, it's innocent enough right now where they can get away with it, but it really, needs, it really needs to pick up the pace going into the crunch time shows when we get into the Chamber and when we get into WrestleMania season. It's going to be interesting to see how it all develops, honestly. I thought tonight's show, the first 35 minutes were great. That Seth rollins Gunther promo was great stuff. The tag team match with New Day and Imperium, the post-match attack, great stuff. After 35 minutes, this show fell off a cliff. Obviously then picked up with Punk and Rhodes and then Gable and Ivar and then the main event was not bad. It was a thumbs up show, but man, you can definitely see that they are trying to stretch the three hours and some of the stuff with the women is just god awful. And some of the stuff with The Miz and Judgment Day is just filler stuff. So... I'd love to see less filler on this show. I'd like to see Triple H utilize his his top guys, the wrestlers, build stories, but it's what they got to do, man. They got to stretch out three hours of television, and that's what happens. You know, you can't win them all, but I thought Monday Night Raw was a successful go-home show for sure. It did the job, and I'm excited for the Royal Rumble on Sunday, or Saturday, not Sunday, Saturday. Thank you guys very much for all of your support. Really, really appreciate you guys hanging out with me tonight, man. You guys are great. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Please hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys go check out all of the other content on the channel. There is plenty of it with more coming this week. We had 2,900 in here, man. Thank you so very much. Outside of everybody streaming on YouTube doing this thing, man, we are number one. 2,900 in here live. I appreciate you guys very much. Tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. You guys are awesome. Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use that code, Script20, at checkout. Make sure you guys go and check them out, man. Fantasy football champs. I know there are a couple of you guys out there into the fantasy football loving your NFL playoffs happening right now. Our friends over at Manscaped want to congratulate you on making it to the playoffs. As for the rest, well, the fantasy gods have spoken. It's time to shave off that didn't-make-the-cut playoff beard. No more hiding behind facial hair. Embrace the clean slate with Manscaped's Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Because nothing should be as unruly as your failed trade strategies. Embrace victory and join the 10 million men who trust Manscaped with our special offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code SCRIPT20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. The Beard Hedger is a cordless trimmer with one guard and it has 20 different lengths. It's also waterproof. No more messy drawers full of attachments, man. I tell you, I will say this. The Beard Hedger I use every single week. It is legitimately the best electric shaver I have ever used. It is comfortable, the shave is smooth, it is beautiful. I love it, I love it, and I know you guys will too, man. Seriously. On top of that, as a bonus, Manscaped has thrown in a beard accessory pack, a beard brush, beard comb, beard scissors, all for the finishing touches for your beard and beyond make sure you guys get 20 percent off code script 20 at manscape.com get ready for the football playoffs and the super bowl like a true grooming champion with the beard hedger pro pro kit you're not just shaping your beard you're crafting a super bowl championship look Super Chats, let's get them on in, man. Who's number one tonight? Michael Krause with a $2 Super Chat. Hey, JD, are you ready? It's Rumble Week, my friend. Absolutely, Michael. Absolutely. Sonny Singh with a five. Ladies and gentlemen and OTS family, I had a letter again from Rehab. 24th of January, my real life love, Wednesday Adams, will be out of rehab. Thank you. I'm looking forward to that day, Sonny. Keep us posted, brother. Michelle with a four in super chat. Punk vs. Cody, two mega faces, probably will main event WrestleMania 41. No sign of Sammy, so why do a main event with two heels? Sammy's going to be in the Rumble. I'm assuming Sammy will be in the Rumble. Krauser with a $2 super chat. 8 out of 10 show. What's the password? Does anybody know what the password is? Mr. Unknown, thank you again for your generosity, brother. Really appreciate you tonight. With the $100 bomb... Tommy Brannigan with a 24 months. He just got his golden microphone, did Tommy. Hey Jay, the awesome show as always. I finally made it to Gold Microphone. OTS for life. Tommy, thank you so much for all of your support, brother. Congratulations on that. Absolutely awesome stuff from Tommy Brannigan. Fixes a bind with a $5 super chat. Punk versus Cody in a promo is basically Captain America versus Iron Man. Though I wonder if Cody would have kept up if Punk didn't cool off. They can't give everything away. Black Wolf Inc. with a 10 and a 10. Black Wolf. Thank you, brother. I got chills from that Cody Punk promo and Gunther Rollins shaking hands as champions. Also, it's crazy that Cody did the exit interview directly to Punk in a WWE ring. Long-term booking, gotta love it. Also, the stare down between Gunther and Rollins really gave me the visual of Gunther holding both titles. But after that Punk-Cody segment, I think Punk should win the belt and then put over Gunther at Money in the Bank. It's gonna be interesting what Triple H has got planned, man. I'm here for the ride. Honestly, I trust him enough with these men that he knows what he's doing. Zero Clark with a new membership. Zero, what the fuck are you drinking, Zero? Was the music loud? Is that better? I'm playing that from Spotify. I'll wait for your guys' word on that, man. I was, uh, I actually turned on this song via Spotify on my desktop. It's still loud. All right, we won't play that. I thought that was, I thought we were good to go on that. All right, we won't play that. Let's move on to something else. Uh, Let's do this one. I don't know why that was so loud. I apologize. I like my music. I like my music loud. Uh, Black Wolf, thank you, brother. Zero Clark, thank you. Hush with a 199. Kevin Patrick is out. WrestleMania season starts with a bang. Yes. Uh, Mr. Unknown with a 199. CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk is your Royal Rumble winner. Uh, Tay Tay with a 499. CM Punk and Cody Rhodes back and forth with cinema. I cannot wait for the Royal Rumble match. Seth Rollins will hopefully make it to Mania. Get Kevin Patrick out. Uh, Tay-Tay, also, thank you for subscribing on Twitter, man. I now can accept subscriptions on Twitter. Just in case you guys don't know. Chris Leon with a 19 months. Rumble is very unpredictable this year. Looking forward to it. So am I. Will Federico with a 199. Love the show, JD. Can we get a people power? (laughs) Dom Wappa with seven months. Love the promo between Punk and Cody and can't wait for Cody to win and finish the story. Also, JR and King were my favorite duo growing up. Probably the second greatest duo of all time, Dom Wappa. Nobody beats The Brain and Monsoon. The brain and gorilla. Nobody. Uh, Phil with a 14 months. Great show tonight. AJD, let me get an OG big show impression. <laughs> <laughs> Cody Snyder with 21 months. Do you think we could get Punk and Cody at Wrestle... Uh, uh, at 1 and 2? Do you think we get Cody and Punk at 1 and... Uh, maybe. Do we want to break Punk down that badly? I have this inner fear. Maybe you guys feel the same way. I have this inner fear that Punk is going to fucking tear a quad. Or injure himself at any given moment, man. I don't know if we should put him through so much Stress. Seth Suga with a 499. I think Gunthar is now a lock to win the Rumble with Seth's Seth's injury. Think they pivoted from Punk Seth because Seth was going to win that match? Uh, Possibly. Tyler with a 199. What percentage do you see Mercedes in the Rumble? 20%. Johnny with a new membership. Thank you, Johnny. A Watson with 20 months. Thank you, A Watson. Awesome. Face-off by Punk and Cody. I'm glad that Seth is good to go at Mania. Keep it up, JD. Hashtag OTS club. Cheers, bro. Thank you, A Watson. We need one more like for a 1,000. Can we get it? Yes, sir. With the super chat. I know this could sound dumb, but what if they let Damien cash in on Gunthar instead of Rollins? I mean, Triple H did it with Theory in the U.S. title. I won't be surprised if that happened, too. Keep it in mind. No. No, we're well beyond that. Jared Howard with a $2 super chat. Heal Cody versus Babyface Roman. Cody wins. I don't know what show you're watching, Jarrett, but uh, no. The uh, Bastard, 97, with a nine-months. To the GOAT. Nine months to the GOAT. And do you know who's close? Nobody. Also, would you consider this to be Triple H's first fully controlled Royal Rumble? KP is gone from SmackDown. Yes. And Doughboy Games with nine months. I come back to the OTS venue from my hiatus and still and see that JD is still killing it as usual. Just like how my Ravens bat to do it in the AFC Championship on Sunday. Uh yeah. I'm low-key going for the Ravens to win the Super Bowl because my my very good friend uh, Drew is a huge Ravens fan, and I'd love to see him celebrate after all the stress and alcohol that he's consumed over shitty years. So, yes, I'm going with the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. Anyway, guys, I'm about to get out of here. Uh, how about, do you guys want to, I, I want to see what you guys think, man. How about, how about we play the song that I'm thinking about replacing Space Strippers with? You guys want to hear that one? I'm just gonna I'm just going to get out of here. I think we're going to play the song that I'm thinking about replacing Space Strippers for and if I get the reaction in the chat tonight, I think we'll go with that one. What do you guys think? So I'll leave you with this. Thank you for all the support, man. It's going to be a tremendous week. We had almost 3,000 in here. That is a great sign that sun, Saturday, I should say, Saturday, we'll probably go into Sunday. That's a great sign that Saturday is going to be a fucking unbelievable turnout for the Royal Rumble. I'm looking to break personal records. So make sure you guys tune in to the channel right here all week. It's going to be fucking awesome. I'll be live with Drew tomorrow. Episode 31 of TNT should be a banger And we'll have more news on TNT tomorrow night. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. And make sure you guys continue to hit that thumbs up. Thank you for the 1,000 likes. Thank you for the super chats. And I'll see you guys back here tomorrow with more news. Also, don't forget to check out Manscaped. Go get yourself some good shit. Manscaped.com. Code script20 at checkout. Manscaped.com. This is the song I'm thinking about replacing Space Strippers with. This one is from the same band that does Space Strippers, Wolf and Raven. This one is called Cyber Samurai. I'll see you guys later with TNT with Andrew Badal right here on Off the Script.